0: You're listening to the Fun Employment Radio Network. Future Radio.
1: The future of radio is here. Funemploymentradio.com.
2: How do you know if it's even still going to work at this point?
1: I don't. I I quite, on, I quite I mean, honestly do not. How
2: no. many years has it been? Do you have any idea? I think this will be eight. This will be eight years. I think this will be
1: eight. I'm pretty sure. Either seven or eight.
2: The same apartment, eight years, and you've been showing up there. Yes. Do you have your story lined up? What's your story? Because you have to have a new story. Well, every time time
1: I go in, I like memorize an apartment number and then I say that I live there. There's
2: going to be a problem. Okay, we need Mm -hmm. to go through this. Hello, everyone. This is Fun Employment Radio. I am Greg Nibbler here with Sarah X Dillon. Thank you so much for tuning in today, wherever and however you listen. It is so fantastic that you do so. Of course, we are live here five days a week on the Fun Employment Radio Network. Then available via podcast all over the internet wherever podcasts can be found. And thank you for finding us. Uh, A couple of uh, words of importance right here, Sarah. (laughs) A couple of words of importance. I think it's going to be more than a couple, Greg. Uh, This is just right hot off the presses. Right now, I've got some breaking news. And the breaking news is this, Sarah. Can you give me like a... Breaking news. World's best way to shop online discovered.
1: So embarrassing. That was pretty bad.
2: That was a pretty bad. Oh one. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. And we have like
1: a special guest yeah, I know. coming that was on today. Bad. The and best ways. You're gonna like, hear this and be like, wait, what is this shit show? Why did I get on? involved in this? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the the way is this. Go to
2: funemploymentradio.com and click on the Amazon link. Mm-hmm. Anytime you want to buy something from Amazon, just go to funemploymentradio.com and click on the Amazon link. That is the best news. It's fantastic breaking news right there. We we did it. We discovered it. Go to funemploymentradio.com. Click on the Amazon link. We do have a special guest joining us today. And And he probably didn't want to be let in with that uh, pitch, but
1: maybe he did. But maybe he did. Don't know.
2: I don't know. But we'll find out. We have uh, one of the fine sponsors of the Fun Employment Radio Brewers Cup Cornhole Tournaments, of which we'd have we've had three so far, and we've got a fourth one coming up in August, and then all of the breweries are competing in the grand finale for uh, for a bunch of different things. But one of those is. Reverend Nat's hard cider And we have None other Than Reverend Nat himself Who is
1: Okay In your mind Haven't you been thinking That Reverend Nat Is like like an old wise man Who kind of looks like a Like a magician Or something you,
2: Wait you think He looks like a magician I kind of
1: thought He look, looked like Dumbledore Or something And we haven't
2: like, met Reverend Nat And we
1: haven't met Reverend Nat Because you hear Reverend Nat You're like Oh he must be Like an aged reverend He's like a <laughs> but young I mean you
2: don't have To be aged To be a reverend
1: Okay are, are you honestly telling me in your mind that you didn't think that he was old? I don't think he looks like Dumbledore.
2: That's not what I'm picturing. What is, what, like you're picturing like what he he like makes his cider in like some magical, hovel out in the middle yes, of the woods, like
1: magical like, 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 like you know apple <laughs> barrels. And yeah. he's Like ooh, and he stirs, he's got a big pointy hat
2: and yeah, and he stirs it with a giant wooden spoon yeah. and like stirs his his apples out in the woods and like only one person's allowed to go talk to him and brings the he's cider back. He's the Reverend
1: back. Nat. Yeah. Clearly. Yeah.
2: That's that's how you picture it. Mm-hmm. That's what he is.
1: That's how I did until I just looked up his picture and he's like All it looks like
2: <laughs> what you stalked him online yeah that's kind of a creepy thing it's to not to. creepy
1: I just like to see what people look like before I meet
2: them oh no that's I mean he's a public yeah thing. that's a little bit creepy it is
1: not creepy do you
2: stalk everyone online
1: well if we're gonna have a guest or something yeah yeah, oh. yeah.
2: Okay. All right. No, I
1: like to know what people look like. I don't like being caught off guard with faces because I'm really good with faces, not with names. That's uh-huh. why a lot of times, like I'll know somebody, but I just cannot remember their name. But I will totally recognize and I know them from their face.
2: Okay. All right. But it it, it is not. He does not look like Dumbledore. Do you think that he still makes the, the cider, though, out in the woods? I guess we'll have to ask him. Ooh, now, that, now that makes it kind of interesting. I'm mm-hmm. kind of wondering if that's what he does. Like, if he's got like some old, like it's carved out of a mountain and he's got like a whole cave system in there. And then uh, he brings the apples in and makes the amazing cider and then uh, hauls it out to the world. And there's like carts that it's brought out in carts and things like that's that. That's probably exactly. That's probably that's it. Exactly we're speculating, what it is. but we're pretty mm-hmm. sure that's true. But we will find out here in just a bit because Reverend Nat will be joining us right here on Fun Employment Radio. All right, back to I was, what we were.
1: Yeah, back really quick. I did I did just establish before we get started on this, it is tropical summer number eight.
2: Number eight. Okay, let's explain mm-hmm. what it was we were talking about at the beginning here. So if you're a longtime listener of this show, you know the the deal with Sarah. And it is this. Uh, every summer, there's, uh, you know, we're here in Portland, Oregon. There's not a whole lot of swimming pools, especially outdoor pools. Not
1: a whole lot of swimming holes.
2: No, not not a lot of that going on. And so the the thing is, there's one apartment complex that we know of that does have a couple of outdoor swimming pools. It's mm-hmm. a large complex, and for the last apparently eight years now, Sarah has pretended to live at this apartment complex. She only shows up during the summer, going in to use their pool. For I pay my eight dues, though. Straight. Oh, I sp- clean... tell me how you pay your All dues. All right. Well,
1: I have been going to this pool for for. This will be the eighth year, and this is actually going to be the first, like, big tropical summer day that I've had this summer since, you know, the weather's been super weird in Portland. Like, it hasn't been—it was super hot in, like, May, uh-huh. and then for some reason, like, and like, early June, and then it's just been kind of, you know, mild, not too hot, and then it's getting ready to go into a hot stretch again. So today—
2: <laughs> Thanks for that weather update. No problem, Greg. You make a great weather person. I'm glad to help. It's getting ready to go into a hot stretch.
1: Sure is. Okay, all right. All right, anyway— uh, so let's get ready to get, go into a hot stretch. So uh, Tropical Summer is going to be underway starting today, and I'm so now, very excited. We
2: need to explain why you call it this. So every time that she's been doing this for the last eight yes. years, she calls it Tropical Summer. How did the name Tropical Summer start?
1: Because stripper soup got really gross. Because when well, we first started going when I was uh, okay, eight years old. Okay, you're bouncing ago, around
2: too much. Like, start off from the beginning.
1: I'm, I'm not crazy. You're crazy.
2: Mm, I doubt that.
1: Mm-hmm. So anyway, so first when I first started going back in, I guess that'd be... 2008? 2008 2008 two thousand eight. sure that'd be 2008 sure uh back in the summer of 2008 and um and when i first went this particular apartment complex was very well known this was kind of before like the big boom in portland where all of a sudden a billion people moved here mm-hmm. like it was kind of you know it was still a little a, a little calmer around the city uh and this is where a lot of how do you even say it? strippers lived for some reason this particular apartment complex is where a lot of portland strippers chose to reside right and during the summer of course just like every every human or or if you don't like to that's fine but people who want to go outside the strippers enjoyed going out and bathing in the sun perhaps taking out their <laughs> extensions on the side of the pool frolicking in the water and <laughs> they're barely there you know sure, just dancing around and um, so the first summer that I was there, we called it stripper soup because it was all strippers all the time. I mean, you could tell when the girls were getting off their shifts. There were just clear platform shoes everywhere. Uh huh. Like, and I'm not kidding. When one of them quite literally took out her hair extensions <laughs> and left them on the side of the pool. <laughs> oh my god! Like this actually. And yet you
2: stayed going there. You continued to to visit this pool.
1: All right, so that would be summer two thousand nine. I, I, I like okay two thousand nine. Okay, so yes, this is going to be the eighth. So yeah, so um yes, but I would continue to go there because it is the only like if you can't take the whole day to go to the river, like you know if you're going to the river, you don't want to have any beers because you have to drive all the way home, and it's just like you know this is someplace in town that you can walk to. Sure, uh huh. And it's and it's it's fun.
2: Right, it's fun. But the the key point is. Sun. The key point here, though, is, is also so this stripper soup um, is also a residential pool that uh, is for the complex members only, the people who rent apartments there. And you continue to go there, and yet somehow have n- have you ever been busted?
1: Um, yeah.
2: What happened when you were busted?
1: We were asked to leave, and then you just wait for like.
2: An <laughs> so they hour. have an attendant that'll show up. Yeah, and and we've talked about this before, and I'll explain my tactic for this. But Mm -hmm. the attendant will show up and ask for a pass because Mm -hmm. every resident has a pass, right? A pool pass, Mm -hmm. yes. Which Sarah acquired one a number of years ago, where Sarah has a pool pass. Also, it's not tied to any specific apartment. It's just a general pool pass for this complex, which implies that you live there, correct? Correct. Okay, and let me make sure.
1: It always makes me nervous when we talk about this because I'm afraid like it fell out or something. Let me make sure that I still okay, have Okay, Sarah
2: is checking her wallet right now to make sure that she's got her pool pass. <laughs> uh, her <laughs> illegally acquired pool pass. Although that is a genuine one for the apartment complex. This is that correct? Genuine, this Somebody is a genuine... Somebody gave you this one.
1: This is an apartment-issued yeah. pool pass.
2: Even though you have never rented an apartment now, I there. Some, I have some so, friends from
1: the inside who say that the that hypothetical... Like, in theory, these are still the current pool passes. Uh-huh. I don't know for sure.
2: So you think they're still the same one? I'm Over all sure. this time and all the people that have come in and out of there, they still haven't changed the pool passes?
1: Well, I mean, there's so many people. I'm sure it would be like a big to-do and a big expense for them to try and track all of them down and right. make sure that all the word gets out. and like, Sure. Because it's probably a, a pain in their ass because they only stop by and check it every once in a while. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. Maybe that's just uh, – I hope that they continue to be this lazy okay. and, and don't want to do it because, yeah, this I have had my own pool pass. And then – I swear to God, there's a pool pass racket.
2: What do you mean there's a pool pass
1: racket? I mean that residents who actually live there will sell their pool passes to people who want them. Like, it's not just me, it's a big, like, profiteering scheme.
2: Oh, there's a whole underground there industry is. for this. There is, because okay.
1: uh, I, um, a couple of my friends who live there uh, did actually, like, they're just like, hey, you know what? I will lose my pool pass for $40. Because that's the cost of a new one. Or the new one's like 30 or 20 or something. Like, okay. For $40, I will lose this pool pass. So they're making a little
2: profit on little,
1: it. A little bit of profit, which they totally should. Yeah. And so then uh, I do have a couple of friends who did take people up on those offers. <laughs> so now it used to be just only I had the pool pass, but now over the years, many more have been acquired.
2: How many people do you think on average in that pool actually live there?
1: It depends. It depends on how nice of a day it is, mm-hmm. uh, how many people there are. Um, I would say about half.
2: I want to tell you, if I lived there, I would be pissed. Like if Why? I came down there and there were all gonna... these extra people down there.
1: No, I was, let me tell you this. Like I make sure to clean up. I clean up after everybody and I even clean the pool. I'll get down that little fucking the stick with the net on the end of it and I will clean all the leaves and bugs out of the pool.
2: Uh-huh. So that makes you think that you... May I earn my keep. keep. I earn my keep. keep.
1: Now, you said I that- clean up the cans, I clean okay. up the people's cigarette butts, like right, the food and dirty wrappers. Soup.
2: Now Stripper Soup was the first name, and it's got it's got other names. Through the years it's
1: had many other names, right?
2: And so, uh, and I'm I know this, but just for anybody who hasn't listened to so every or heard every tropical
1: this, summer, like the first one was a uh, just stripper soup, I think the first couple were, and then the strippers all moved out, so there aren't a lot. There There's like a random stripper here or there, but here and there, but not as
2: many strippers anymore, not
1: as many. It got less strip. There were a couple last summer uh-huh. when we were getting a little excited, slash, weirded out because it's like, oh, they're back, okay. Um, but there were a couple last summer, um, yeah, so they have they've taken on like lives of their own, not the stripper, the tropical summers, where like we'll give them different different. different names and they have different themes just to like have a silly theme like we had like one was tropical summer hanging tough because Mm -hmm. i had my little pink boom box and the only cassette tape i had was new kids on the block hanging tough like the cassette and so that's all we would listen to at the pool Uh uh-huh like new kids on the block all day like another we said random names for them like we'll just pick one random name sure like i think last year it was um it stopped i think it was like tropical summer seven it stopped raining in portland but now it's too hot that was either, like, right. last summer or the summer before. I remember you had that one. It was, one. like, L.A. Faces, Oakland Booties. Um, uh, you uh,
2: had Douchebag Stew, I remember, at one point. Douchebag
1: Stew with the football guy. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so there's been many different iterations of this same pool that you have pretended to live in for for going on eight years at this point. Mm-hmm. Now, um, let me ask you this, though. If you were to be, like, approached, because you haven't been there today, right? Or have you been there this year at all?
1: I went once, but I wouldn't really count it. It was just uh, me and... and well, I shouldn't cut, uh, call other people out who don't live there. So, me and somebody <laughs> else, um, I'll call myself out. I'm not going to call all the people out until I take pictures of them. At- at the place before I get kicked right, off.
2: I don't think... I I mean, I'm going to guess the apartment complex isn't listening and writing down the names Me as we are talking Lily. about them. Me and
1: Lily. Lily and okay. I went. and Oh, uh, that's it. She's and, busted now. Yeah, and we were only there for like...
2: They're like creating a file as we speak.
1: Yeah, we were there for like an hour. Okay. And then it... So it, didn't, it wasn't very tropical. Like, we just kind of sat there in the sun for like an hour before we were like going to do something else. Just okay. like have some place to sit in the sun and like sure. dangle our feet in the water for a uh-huh. minute. So I really don't feel like it's kicked off. Today is the kickoff. Today, July 27th, 2016, is... The beginning of Tropical Summer number eight.
2: Now, does this have a name? It
1: does not have a name yet.
2: How does it get a name?
1: It, it happens naturally.
2: Okay.
1: Uh, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and ride my bike over to Tropical Summer. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to, uh, it's going to be a meeting of the minds with all the other people who pretend to live there. <laughs> and we're all going to try and uh, figure out what exactly we think that it should be. Because by the first day, it kind of presents itself. Okay. Like, you know what it's going to You'll be. get it. You'll you get it after it. that. You okay. get it. All right. Yeah, so uh, I'm, I'm really excited to see, what, uh, see what's going on, what's going to happen.
2: Now, what happens if you are uh, approached by someone? What Have you decided how you're going to handle that this year?
1: Yes, because comes time up and says, I okay, do. can I see
2: your pass? Mm-hmm. All right, uh, so— all right, Here, we'll we'll, well, I can't
1: say it because I'm going to accidentally say where the real place is.
2: What, you can't pretend for to cover it up? It's called the— uh uh
1: Cabrini Green. F-
2: Cab- What I was just
1: I just recently saw Candyman. No, I don't want I don't want Cabrini Green. Um, Let's do, let's do Wuthering Heights.
2: Wuthering Heights. Wuthering Heights. What?
1: Wuthering Heights.
2: Wuthering Heights.
1: Wuthering Heights. Wuthering, with a U.
2: Wuthering Heights. That's
1: what it is. Wuthering Heights.
2: Wuthering Heights. Why would you pick such a weird name to be a pretend name of a? Do you not even know what Wuthering Heights is? Wuthering Heights. No. What is that from?
1: I'm not even going to tell you.
2: Wuthering Heights. No, I'm I'm I should I know what that is? You should. Wuthering Heights. You always make
1: fun of me for not knowing things.
2: Wuthering Heights? Okay, well I'll I'll uh I'll try to see if I can figure out what that is. Oh that's is that a movie?
1: It's a it's it's a book and also a movie.
2: Okay, oops. Yes. I guess maybe I should maybe I should know that. Yes. All right, well anyway. Uh so Wuthering Heights for some stupid reason is the name of your apartment complex. Yes, very All right. Stupid. So I'm going to walk up there. I'm I'm, I'm going to be the uh I'm going to be the official like, guy, the security guy walking up. And I'm like, uh, <clears throat> okay, hello, everybody. Uh, how are you doing?
1: Oh, doing doing great. Are oh, you, we're so glad uh-huh. that it's finally feeling like summer. Uh-huh. Yeah, all it's right. really nice. Ma'am,
2: uh, I'm going to have to ask you, can you show me your pool pass, Oh, for please? sure.
1: Oh, I have it actually right here. It's just sitting out all the time, so, you know, it's easy mm-hmm. for you to look at.
2: Okay, that's... Uh, where. Can you hand it to me? Yeah,
1: sure. There you
2: go. Uh-huh, okay. They never
1: asked to hold it.
2: Uh-huh. Well, maybe they, things have changed this year. Maybe They're stepping it up. All right, so, um... All right, yeah, this how long have you had this?
1: Uh, oh, uh, since I moved here. I think a couple years.
2: A couple years. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is what's actually issued. We originally issued these ones in 2011. So you've lived here for a couple of years? Yeah,
1: I don't know. It was somebody who was working in the office. They said that they were running low on them and somebody had just moved out of the building and they turned it in. So I I think that she just gave me that one.
2: Okay, all right. Oh, uh, I'm so
1: good at this.
2: Yeah, that seems kind of odd because you should have gotten issued one when you just rented your apartment. No,
1: because people actually have to turn them back in, or else they get fined. Like they get they get charged for not turning back in their pool pass. Mm-hmm,
2: which yeah. is why you should have been issued one. Oh no, yourself. I was talking
1: to Greg, not the fake pool guy. Yeah,
2: no, I'm I'm still the security guard here okay. right now. All right, so uh, so which apartment is yours?
1: Oh, I live actually uh, across the street in Building C.
2: In Building C, and which yeah. which number is that?
1: Uh, 104.
2: One o four. Okay, let me just. I check just don't the really like the pool here. over in
1: that area. It's just too shaded. I really like to get the sun mm-hmm. over here.
2: All right. Well, we don't really prefer that uh, people use the different pools, but that's fine. All right. Uh, they don't apartment one o one o. I'm sorry. What was it again? One o three. One o three. You mm-hmm. just said one o two, though. No,
1: no, I said one o three. I'm
2: pretty sure you just said one o two.
1: Think I know where I live.
2: One o three. So are you I've, on the I've corner? I've lived there for a couple. Are you years on the now. corner or in the hallway?
1: Yes, I'm on the corner.
2: You're actually in the hallways. So that I'm seems not, kind of odd. I'm not because I have
1: memorized it when I'm ridden okay. my bike by. <laughs> Did you memorize where it's at? Yes, I look at the doors. I'll go and I'll pick a door and I'll memorize it. I'll put it in my mind. I'll be like, 103, 103, 103, 103. That building, that building, that building. I'm like, it's on the corner. Okay. Like, I, I yeah.
2: All right. So 103. Yeah, one Make bedroom sure or two. I know the zip
1: code. Like I, I look at everything. Is that
2: a one or two bedroom? Oh, it's
1: a one. It's a one. It's bedroom. It's a one bedroom. Mm-hmm. So you
2: don't have a roommate.
1: Uh, I have a roommate. It's a. It's my partner in life.
2: We actually don't uh, really. Okay, Allow. great.
1: Sorry. <laughs> our guest
2: all right, fine. Let's you got your, it. Let's
1: bring our guest in. Okay,
2: all right. Well, uh, do you want to take a quick break? Yeah, we'll, let's do yeah. that. Okay, we'll take a quick break. Well, either way, best of luck. We need to come up with a name for it, though. We, we're going to have to come up with a name. You're going to have to get us a name for Tropical Summer 8. And it's being noted you're really good at this, which you were pretty good at that, I admit. You, If you've memorized where the apartment is, that's, that's pretty good.
1: You have to. And I learned that from, uh, from the people who taught me. About pretending. <laughs> this is the
2: whole it's a whole underground. racket. Pool liars club.
1: It is. There's like if that's what people told me. They're like, what you need to do is you need to look, <laughs> you need to pick an apartment, and you need to pretend that you live there. See, memorize my... the building, rem- memorize the number.
2: Uh huh. And my tactic, when I have gone there before, is just to stand in the middle of the pool, and then when they show up to try to spin check around. passes, you just never make eye contact. Always have your back to them. Just spin around in a circle. It's the circle defense. It's worked every time. Like it's too much of a life. pain. It's too much of a pain. And then if they say something. Just pretend like you can't hear and just just keep on turning. You just keep on Greg, turning you just around. Go
1: underwater and hold your breath until like yep, until,
2: they go, until they go away. It's not going to be worth it. They're not going to jump in the pool to get it. No, they don't they'll care wait. that much. I'll wait. Yeah, I've you know. seen them wait. Cause well, someone, so far
1: I've seen them, they're very patient too because the people who don't, like they'll be like, oh, it's in here somewhere, and they'll be like, I'll wait. I'm like, Ooh, <laughs> oh, boy. this is awkward.
2: Uh, well, hopefully there's no awkward encounters today. All right. All right, yeah, we'll find out. Ho- All let's ho- right, ho- let's go ahead and take a break. We're going to be back here in just a minute with Mr. Reverend Nat <laughs> right here on Fun Employment Radio. You're listening to the Fun Employment Radio Network. Sarah speculated that uh, since you, your name was Reverend Nat, that you would be look kind of like a Merlin kind of character. Or you I said a
1: Dumbledore.
2: Dumbledore. Yeah, oh, yeah that's only, in her mind. Only on Halloween. Only, only on, on Halloween. Ha- <laughs> okay, that would make more sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcoming now to Fun Employment Radio, it is Reverend Nat. Hello. Well
1: Hello.
0: Glad Hello. to be here. <laughs>
1: yeah, wait, wait, got... Oh, they're twist off, too. Yeah.
0: Uh-huh.
2: Hell oh, yeah. Oh, yes, you, I Reverend would love Nat. one. Yeah. Another action?
1: <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> that's good. a good
2: that's good foley sound right there that yeah, you're creating record that one
1: oh for- this is n- oh I thought you were going to open it again do Oh, that's magic! So good. I feel like we need to put that into like one of our liners. I'm going to cut that out. There's more
0: bottles. We can do that for okay.
1: (laughs) So we're so excited to have you here. So we were talking at the beginning of the show. Yes, I did look you up because I kind of wanted to see what you looked like. Because when you hear Reverend, Mm -hmm. do you get Mm -hmm. that a lot? Where people think you might be an older gentleman of sorts. Happens
0: all the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, They say, very common thing. People say, I thought you'd be. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Older, bigger beard, fatter, <laughs>
2: blacker. Maybe. I not know. A lot of people think I'm an old black man.
1: <laughs> That's the common Overall's misconception. On. That's kind of yeah. great,
2: though. Then it? it's, a, it's a mystery every time.
0: Although, I'll tell you what, we, I wouldn't say we're doing it on purpose, but it does get people thinking um, right away. What you know? We, I have an expectation about who Reverend Nat is. Mm. And in fact, he's just a guy from Portland. Uh, I have an expectation <laughs> about what cider is, and in fact, what we make is quite different.
1: So. Oh, that was a good segue. That's, hey, That's nice. Like that. hey, yo. practice that? Why don't you tell us a little bit about what makes your cider different, Reverend Nat? Uh,
0: okay, well, uh, well. So then, I guess the, you could start by by asking by asking people what what um, what is cider? What, what most people think cider is is uh, sweet. Uh, very apple-y, um, good for people who don't like the taste of alcohol. Mm. That's mm-hmm. sort of it's kind of rolled out in America, and that's definitely not what we make. Mm. Uh, I'm a beer drinker. I drink 99% of what I drink is beer, um, and the rest of it's Uh So we're we're definitely making cider for the beer drinkers palate. Um, we use uh, crucially, we use uh, almost exclusively uh, beer yeast, and to, uh, to contrast that, every other cider company in the U.S. uses almost exclusively wine yeast.
1: Interesting.
2: So that's that different sweeter flavor. That
0: yeah, there's just uh, beer presents so many different. The the goal of wine is to like grow great grapes, great Mm. grapes, (laughs) and then (laughs) ferment them uh, lightly and delicately and let the grapes shine through. But the goal of beer is to use yeast as uh, one of the flavor and aroma compounds that you're going to be creating the beer you're, you're creating a beer from base ingredients uh, as opposed to wine where you're not you're just like letting the grapes do the thing mm. right. And i'm very much of the opinion that we are crafting a cider using any flavor tools that we have if i can get my hands
2: on a really flavorful yeast we you know i do and that, that's primarily beer yeasts a variety of beer yeasts we use Interesting. So what made you decide to go that route just because of that? Because you wanted to try these different, get these more options using yeast or? Uh, well, uh, mostly because I didn't, I never,
0: the first cider I ever had was my own. Okay. So I didn't Whoa, wow. come into it n- expecting anything or so even, no expectations. even knowing anything, honestly. Um, but I drank, I, I still drink a lot of beer. Like I mentioned, I was mostly a beer drinker. Mm-hmm. I knew there was this thing called cider. Um, I had home brewer friends uh, who made beer. Um, I've never made beer. Um, so I kind of just developed it in in a very Portland way, a very beer, beer centric point of view.
1: So how did you? Uh, how long ago did you start this? Did I
0: you... started making cider at home 12 years ago. 12 years. But the business has been around now for four, f- f- uh, f- almost five years. at this Wow. Point. Yeah.
1: And how many different kinds of ciders do you have? Because whenever I see Reverend Nuts, there seem to be a lot of different flavors mm. and styles. Mm-hmm.
0: That's certainly our 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 thing is lots of different flavors. In mm. uh, an average year, we might make. Uh, between 50 and 70 different ciders. Uh, Last year we ended at about 75. Wow. Yeah. Dang. A a lot of these are one-offs, like one keg of something. Okay. Um, Which is super fun. We have a tap room with 12 taps, so there's always something rotating in there, something new that just came on this week, and there might only be one keg of it, and then it's gone, never to be seen again.
2: Wow. And where's your tap room at?
0: Uh, it's it's near the Moda Center in Portland. Mm-hmm. Um, we're just a couple of blocks northeast of the Moda. Um, perfect. Yeah, the address is uh, uh, 1813 Northeast 2nd. So it's between MLK and Williams, one block north of Broadway. Behind oh, that's Bro- behind oh, really Broadway, easy Toyota. to get to. Yeah. And our tap room and our production facility is all right there. In order to go to the bathroom, you have to step over hoses and walk oh. past tanks. So you're very much in the space. Oh, that's cool.
1: So how involved are you still personally on a day-to-day basis making these, you know, 40 to 70 different ciders per year?
0: Yeah, we sell, despite the fact we make a lot of different mm. ciders, most of what we sell is just a, a handful, maybe eight or so ciders that we sell a lot of. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm no longer really involved in the production of those eight. I do drink, I do taste nearly every batch before it goes into a bottle. Um, so I, I travel a lot, so sometimes I can't get to that, but I always, it's always a goal of mine to taste every batch. Uh, and then we're always... Improving the recipes and tweaking the recipes, and I work with a couple other people very closely to improve our existing recipes. But by and large, all the new recipes come out of my crazy ideas, stu- <laughs> mostly stupid ideas. I mean, sometimes they're good. So you just come up with something like, I, I want to try this flavor, and then just you'll make a batch of it. Just today, uh, I was running around town. But prior to coming here, I uh, bought uh, 35 half-gallon jugs of prune juice from Fred Meyer. That's all they had. Was I, I bought it all? Uh. As <laughs> uh, so we had this, we had this. Um, we had this barrel-aged—it wasn't even—can we call it a cider? I'm not sure if we can call it a cider. It's a—it's not a cider. It's a pomegranate wine. I stumbled oh, like into— Like a some, barley
1: wine kind of thing?
0: Well, so it's—there's no good explanation. I gotta <laughs> just walked the whole thing through. <laughs> so we got—we we found some pomegranate juice uh, a couple of years ago. Um, uh, the Palm Wonderful people? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. They had yeah. some excess, and it was kind of getting a little funky. I was like, I'll take it. Um, <laughs> so we fermented pomegranate juice. No apples involved. And then we had this apple— Stuff the apple cider that we um, distilled to make apple eau de vie. So And we blended those two together and then barrel aged it in red wine barrels for about two years. Burgundy barrels, actually, for about two years. And then it developed this sort of pruney kind of theme to it. Um, I was the only one who could taste the prunes in there. Nobody else could. But I was like, "We're gonna have more prunes," so <laughs> went out and bought a bunch of prune juice, and then we're also adding a little bit of cinnamon and nutmeg to it. And it's being released as um, next month as, as a, a taproom
2: exclusive. Wow! Mm-hmm. How long does it average uh, for for average to make like a batch like that?
0: Uh, the the taproom exclusive, the super rare stuff, can go anywhere from a few months to two or more years. Okay. Um, the, the majority of what we sell has about a. Three-week turnaround. So we're making cider all year long, throughout the year, and, and on a relatively quick turnaround. Mostly like beer. Freshness matters for mm. us. Mm-hmm. Okay. And are you
1: involved in naming the different ciders as well?
0: Uh, yeah, a couple of we all we all help out. I'm I'm probably 25% of the na- the, the the main line names like Revival and Hopper, Hallelujah Yeah, mm. Hopracal. Those are all, all all pretty much mine. Uh, but we, we this new one with the prunes is called the um, Vin de Grand Jean, which is like a French <laughs> Big John. Big we call it Big John, but it's like the wine of Big John. Jo- John Jonathan was the apples that we used to make the distillate. Gotcha. So it's kind of got some.
1: Okay, st- I like story- that
0: story. I know oh, that's good. That's great. I got more names than ciders, <laughs> and I've got more ciders than days. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, you've got a lot of stuff going not, on. Yeah,
0: that's so much
2: fun. So, you home. just decided to do this one day and was like, you know what, this is what I'm going to do with my life. Yeah, I, mean, I yeah. so I
0: made cider at home for seven years prior to starting the business. Mm-hmm. And I was making more and more as time uh, went by. And um, I was doing IT. And I hated my job. Mm. And I thought, you know, there's, I'm making a lot of cider. Um, cider market has really taken off. And, um, you know, my wife had a stable job. So, there I went. Nice.
1: Wow, that's really cool. Started the
0: business in my basement, then added the garage six months later, and then um, six months after that, moved into the facility that we're in right now, which is about 8,000 square feet. Wow. And I've got 16 uh, full-time employees, and we're in four states, uh, and a couple of Canadian provinces and i was just in japan yeah <laughs> i was going right. to ask
1: about japan
0: we saw a lot in japan
1: so did you bring cider over uh, specifically to japan or were you just there yeah we,
0: we've been selling uh, no tourism at all all business the whole time mm. uh we've been selling now in japan for almost 2 years and it's it's a huge and growing market for us it's it's really exciting. Do you get to try I, some wow. of your otter
1: flavors in Japan?
0: We do, yeah. Uh, you know, there's a, there's certainly a strategy about messaging and making sure people understand who we are and they can find us. It's consistency. But in Japan, it's it's like it's a wild west because nobody, there's no word for cider in Japan. Mm. We have to. They don't even know what it is. Oh. Yeah, in America, uh, so much of our education is about, oh, it's not like Angry Orchard. It's something different. Right. But in Japan, they're like, what is this? And you say apple alcohol. And they're like, oh, okay, sure. I'll try it. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> So it's we get to start from scratch, which is super fun. Oh, how exciting! And a lot of passion. The Japanese people love crafty things. They love Portland. Um, they really respect uh, process and details. So. It's It was fantastic. I was there for eight days, and oh, I'll definitely wow. go back. It's, it so was, that was your first time there? First time in Japan, yeah. Wow. Yeah. wow. that's I, so I've cool. I've always
1: been interested in Japan, but I, I have never been there. It's
0: not, I'm not really much of a, I don't get out of the U.S. I travel domestically a lot. Mm. Um, but Japan was fun because there was, um, there's no crime, so like, like I, I didn't feel like I had to watch my back at all. Mm-hmm. You know, I carried my passport in my back pocket the whole time. Um and everybody speaks English. Like 50% really? of Japanese people speak enough English to carry on a conversation with you. And the rest of them know way more English than you know Japanese. Yeah. So I never felt, I mean, I always felt a little bit isolated because I couldn't like talk about Donald Trump or whatever mm-hmm. with anybody. Because right. there's no like deep conversations. But I, I, don't, I don't know any Japanese and it was not a, not a problem. Wow. At all.
1: That makes me that's even cool. more interesting because that's been one of the things where I'm like, I, I thought there'd be such a language barrier. It's yeah,
0: like, no, yeah. I mean, you, you want to know things like, like, I don't even know how to say where's the bathroom and uh-huh. I manage to find the bathroom every time. No
2: mistakes. <laughs> Have you seen those no new accidents. travel
1: shirts that they've made where somebody made it, I think, um, for I don't know, some like Kickstarter thing. Where it's like a shirt that you can wear where you're traveling where it has pictures of different things and you oh, can just cool, point cool. to where it's like yeah. toilet or like a picture of like some kind of food. And that <laughs> yeah. way you can kind of communicate with someone by but pointing to those,
0: it. Those those sort of basic things are mm. what all Japanese people know in English. Oh, so, so you they can already say, know. That. <laughs> um you know, taxi. You can't say bathroom, restroom, they use the word toilet. So if you just say right. toilet, toilet. Toilet. I don't need to know where is the toilet, please. Could you tell me where the toilet? is? <laughs> right. you I must just know say, where it is. Now. Toilet, and, uh, <laughs> and they get the idea over there. Like, yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> so it's it's totally easy to get by. Wow, that's cool, man! <laughs> yeah. Congratulations on this. That's Thank so you. much fun. Thank you. Uh, and your
1: product is delicious. Yeah, yeah, yeah it really I, is. I, We're I,
2: drinking the uh, which one, right? Yeah, now? This is revival right? hard revival. apple, our, our, our main one. Yeah, I think you know, I'm I'm
0: I don't make cider for anyone except myself, and I just I, I never thought it would be as big as it is, and I'm I mostly am just excited that my palate, what I like to drink. Is
2: uh, there's a lot of other people who have my sort of weird palate?
1: Or, that's exciting. You
2: know. Yeah, no, I mean, this is great for me because that's the thing. I, a lot I of ciders are too, too sweet. S- yeah, yeah too sweet, and this yeah. is perfect.
0: Yeah, it's very fruity. Uh, like I said, this is our bestseller, revival hard apple. Um, we just got into like um, Safeway with this one. Oh, nice! Pretty cool. Yeah,
2: that's awesome. Yeah, yeah,
1: that's neat that you've been able to separate it too. Because whenever people, a lot of times, think of like hard apple cider, they think of like Mike's hard lemonade or something, and it's right. not that. It's not some like syrupy, sweet, yeah. like sickly thing. It's yeah. it's an amazing taste.
0: Yeah, so there's that's actually a, maybe a little piece of education for our listeners. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, there's a if, if you're ever looking at a, a label. For hard ci- for any kind of cider, and uh, the ingredients list says as the first ingredient hard cider, that means that they're hiding something. It's like a bag of bread's ah. first ingredient being bread. Uh-huh. You're like, yeah, but what's in the bread? Mm-hmm. Um, so in the U.S., you're allowed to um, in in a in a bottle or in a can of the the big guys all make their cider this way. I don't have to name names. You can use your imagination. <laughs> sure. Um, they they use 84% water. apple juice concentrate and 8% high-fructose corn syrup. And there's a little sprinkling of other chemicals in there to make it taste like liquid Jolly Rancher, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we use 100% apple juice. And the cost difference between buying uh, fresh apple juice and uh, buying high-fructose, you know, government-subsidized high-fructose corn syrup um, and apple juice concentrate, oftentimes from China, and water, which is essentially free— the cost difference is huge, and the out the what comes out of it is, is very very different. And that's not the case in beer or in wine. In, in in beer, the big guys are making beer with the same ingredients and the same process as the you in your garage. Mm-hmm. Uh, or wine is is um, there's some there's some tricks that they use in wine, but by and large, it's it's pretty much the same wine that you'd make just how you think wine's made, mm-hmm. just crushing grapes and letting it sit. But cider does not have that. Uh, that parody between the big guys and the little guys.
1: All right, so look for that. So the hard cider first ingredient.
0: Yep, yep. Mm, bad. Well, we don't know. They're, they're hiding something. They're hiding something. Yeah. They don't they know what's
1: in there. They have yeah. secrets that they're not telling you. Yeah. And they oh, want I you like to put this. their product in And It your should your say
2: body. something like apple juice. That should be the first ingredient. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's good to know. We've mm-hmm. just learned something. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yep, because that is not uh, the first ingredient on here. It's not mm-hmm. hard cider. We don't here. actually have I was um, looking, I'm looking like, on that. I don't see ingredients. If you're
0: small enough, you don't have to put an ingredient label on there. We're, we're getting very close to where we have to actually put an in ingredient. Wow. And it'll say, the ingredients in here will be um, apple juice, uh,
2: yeast. Uh, I think that's about it. That's about it. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Solid. Well, Nat, thank you so much for coming on. And also, thanks for being part of the Fun Employment Radio Brewers Cup, which uh, is still going. So, I think Grant. You guys got second in that last tournament. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my co-worker yeah. Grant. He's very yeah. good. I,
0: I'm glad Grant's that I wasn't awesome. there. Grant is awesome. We had such
1: a fun time hanging yeah. out. Yeah,
0: Grant's from. good at a lot of things. And I, I'm not good at cornhole, so I won't be there for the, for the second battle. Because <laughs> I would ruin it. <laughs> Are
1: <laughs> and you going to hang out? Okay. I'll be there, yeah. But yeah. Right. I'm not
2: throwing anything. Okay. Gotcha. Okay, yeah. but that's For, uh, for moral support. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. September 18th. And the tap room, again, just for everybody to know where it is that they can go.
0: 1813 mm-hmm. Northeast 2nd uh, in Portland. We're open every day but Monday.
2: Perfect. Awesome. Go there and sample some cider. I want to go there and sample some Yeah, ciders. I want you too. Right, we'll I'm Awesome. Going I'm going there right now. All right. Ooh, sweet. <laughs> come with me. No, we still have to do mm, the, Yeah, we still have to do, do more do show. Okay. Yeah, we got no, to our, we work.
1: Our passion thing that started in his spare bedroom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. <laughs> yeah. That, that it did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it did.
2: Well, um, awesome. Nat, thank you so much. And thank, uh, you. thank you for the hard cider that I am drinking right now. Go mm-hmm. check it out. And we'll be back in a minute with more Fun Employment Radio. You're listening to the Fun Employment Radio Network. There we go, Reverend Nat.
1: He is awesome. He
2: is awesome, and he does not, in fact, uh, well, that I know of, make his cider in a hovel in the middle of the uh, We didn't the get forest. to ask. Well, no, he said they, they make it at the at the tasting room right that's there. That's true. It could be so, like maybe that there's could a forest
1: in the tasting room. That's
2: true. He could have that. We, we don't, don't know have. that for sure, but he definitely does not look It's not like,
1: wise to say something 100% if you don't know it 100%. You
2: are, you, are, you are true about that. That, mm-hmm. is, that is absolutely right. No, Reverend Nat's hard cider. Uh, Reverend Nat, absolutely awesome. So the Fun Employment Radio Brewers Cup Cornwall Tournament, the conclusion will be in September. September 18th. Mark that on your calendars. It's going to be eight brewers. All competing for a, for a year's tap at Landmark Saloon. So they're gonna be actually like fighting it out. We're gonna have all kinds of different things that are gonna be going on with it. So mark that on your calendar it's now. It's
1: going to be so much fun. It's gonna be awesome. Hey Greg, I got a little wild to crazy.
2: I don't don't say it like that. I don't think that's the appropriate.
1: I haven't done World to Crazy in about a week. I've missed it.
2: Why did you have to use that accent
1: though? Hello, Greg. Because you were using your, like, terrible English accent. That was off air, so
2: it really doesn't even apply. Greg was,
1: like, singing Beatles songs in his, like, horrible accent. Horrible. Just horrible. Hello, my friends. My name is Sarah X. Dillon. Welcome to my world of crazy. Crazy. Hey, so our new friend, Reverend Nat, just got back from Japan. My first story's out of Japan. Oh, what a coincidence. Tokyo, yes. to be specific. Oh. Actually, it is a coincidence, because I didn't I didn't know that, my. He going, that he was going to be talking about you. Ooh. Again. Greg, I'm kind of excited about this. I feel like this could be a game changer in my summers, because okay. as we know, I hate being sweaty during the summer. Yes. I am what you call fall slash winter good-looking. I am not good-looking during the summer. The more the more clothes cover my body, the less hot it is outside, the better-looking I am. During the summer, when you have to see more of my pasty skin, mm-hmm. and I'm sweating the entire time, okay. I am at my least attractive. Okay. So now there is a contraption, and thank you to Dimitri for sending me this as well, uh, that has been invented in Japan. And it's by this company that is now offering an invention that they made Called the armpit fan. <laughs> yes, a Japanese company has developed an armpit fan to keep people from sweating in the heat of the summer. An so,
2: armpit fan. Oh, so it's
1: not one but two fans. You clip them onto either side of your shirt sleeves. Now, it's a miniature clip-on fan. Or, or uh, if you want to be classier, it's uh, the under-the-arm cooling device. <laughs>
2: oh, it's just my under-the-arm cooling device.
1: Uh, no big deal. Don't, no, that whirring sound? It's my under-the-arm cooling so device. So it's actually a you, fan worry.
2: you, what, strap on your...
1: Well, yes, well, it was developed by Japanese company Thankow, and it allows users to cool themselves down by circulating cold air through their clothes. The fan can be clipped onto the user's shirt sleeves to blow air at three adjustable speeds to keep people cool. That doesn't seem like that
2: big of an invention. The clip it made can a clip also of- be
1: clipped to the neckline of a long sleeve shirt or to the waistband of a pair of pants to circulate air to the lower body. It's just a
2: clippable fan. Oh, you the can put it on your pants? Is that what it's talking about? A fan about?
1: can be powered for five to nine hours by two AAA batteries or alternatively by a USB cord attached to a computer or a battery pack which is sold separately. So a combats- set of two fans can be purchased on Thanko's website, for Thirty-five American dollars.
2: Thirty-five dollars. That seems like a lot. I mean, so uh, they are saying though. It, so it helps with the under the arm problems. It also helps with swamp ass. Is that what it's basically? Why saying? Why would you
1: possibly say that phrase? What is? Well, wrong I mean, that's what it's you? called. Ugh.
2: It happens to everybody. Right, they
1: do look a little bulky. But I swear, if I could have fans circulating cool air through my shirt, like uh-huh. I would be in heaven. So if anyone, if anyone's been thinking like, what? Is, you know, Sarah. She's okay. Are you
2: really going to walk around with these fans like...
1: Are you kidding me? I would absolutely 100% wear those.
2: whirring little fans that you're walking around with. I would
1: with. wear whirring armpit fans. What's
2: more embarrassing though, the armpit sweat or the whirring fans?
1: People will probably be jealous of my whirring fans. Oh,
2: what are those? Oh, j- these? Nothing. Oh, these are just
1: keeping me cool in the hot of summer because it's going to be like 100 degrees for the next these couple of These are just weeks. my
2: under the arm fans.
1: Yes, they're my underarm fans. No, they're my underarm cooling devices.
2: <laughs> my underarm cooling devices. Yes. That's
1: all. Yeah. Don't you worry about it. So uh, those are available at uh, the Japanese company Thanko's website. That's T-H-A-N-K-O at their website for $35. (laughs) 4110 Southeast Hawthorne Boulevard, 97214. Next up, uh, Denver, Colorado. A delicious accident blocked the roadways early this morning, Greg. (laughs) Yes, a Colorado semi- spilled its load on an overpass in Denver, raining cans of beer down onto the highway. Nobody was injured. Everybody's fine. But yeah, an overturned semi uh, spilled hundreds of beer cans onto the road below in a crash. Uh, So Michael, so a guy who was driving uh, with a dashboard camera, his name was Michael. Um, So he was driving on Interstate 25 in Denver, Colorado, when a semi truck rolled onto its side on the Interstate 70 overpass and the top of the trailer split open. Hundreds of cans of what kind of beer do you think it was? Budweiser. So close. Miller Genuine Draft. Okay. Rained from the sky from I 70 to I 25, where drivers successfully swerved to avoid the falling cans. There were no reports of injury uh, from the crash semi or the falling cans of beer. Uh, debris, meaning cans of beer, remained on the roads for several hours after the ca- after the crash. Um, many Instagram users took to it, taking video and showing free beer signs littering the road. <laughs> not sure if anyone tried to collect any of it, but both of the roads were fully reopened. Oh, I totally would have um, yeah, a why few not? hours later.
2: I mean, they're not going to resell it. They just count that as a loss. So, yeah, I mean, they're probably just loss. throwing it all away.
1: All right, Greg, you and I are both Seinfeld fans.
2: Yes, Yes. true. This is fact. Fact. Yes. I
1: didn't realize I put these two canned stories together. This is another... Now, do you remember look that at, specific... I know. It was two
2: Japan stories, and you got two can stories. Just
1: Japan and cans. Yeah. Greg? Yeah? Do you remember that particular episode when Newman and Kramer uh, took all like those uh, cans and bottles, and they drove across the state to try and get more money for them?
2: No, they were driving to Michigan because you can get 10 cents.
1: Exactly.
2: That's what they were doing. You
1: remember that it was in Michigan? I remember it was in Michigan. No, I
2: remember because I've always thought about that. You look at the cans, and the recycling is like... Either nothing, a lot of places, or five cents. But then Michigan gives you ten cents. Do you know for that some they reason. might be raising? You double your profit. Do you know they
1: might be raising it in Oregon to ten cents?
2: Well, that just means you're going to have to pay more. See, that doesn't work that way. It works this way. The scam works when you buy five cent cans. You pay five cent for the deposit. You take it to Michigan, and you get double. If you're already paying ten cents for the deposit, it's just you can know I that's a wash. Can I just tell watch. the
1: story, or can you stop? No, marketing? it was a
2: brilliant plan by by Newman and uh, Kramer.
1: Well, a judge has ruled that a man will stand trial for a crime that. Is inspired by a Seinfeld episode. This guy's name is Brian Edward Everidge. He's accused of bringing 10,000 bottles and aluminum cans and a budget truck that he rented <laughs> in Kentucky that he drove into Michigan, where the deposit is 10 cents, of course, the highest in the nation. Uh, and he was leaving Kentucky, which doesn't pay anything. So although Everidge lives in Michigan, it is illegal to return bottles that a person knowingly did not get in that state. So he Was uh, in Kentucky, transported the 10,000 bottles and cans from Kentucky to Michigan to try and get all that money. Well, he didn't get away with it. He's now being charged with one count. This is the thing. One count of beverage return of non-refundable bottles, a felony punishable to about five years in prison.
2: For a thousand bucks, he was going to.
1: Yeah, a $5,000 fine or both. (laughs) No, so he was pulled over. Uh, he was caught when he was pulled over for doing 12 miles per hour over the speed limit as he was heading to Michigan. Now, the officer who pulled him over and noticed a lot of plastic bags filled with aluminum cans, totaling over 10,000 in total. Uh, yeah, so uh, Everidge did, in fact, admit to the cop that, they, that he was uh, from, that, well, the cans are from Lexington, Kentucky. Everidge then confessed, wow, didn't even like have to hold a hot poker to him or anything. He's just, like, spilling everything. He's like
2: Newman. Yeah, yeah, right? Spilling the beans.
1: Spilling the beans. And he he also said that he intended to return them in, in Michigan for the deposit money, but did not specify where. So now he's in trouble. Hey, if you won the lottery, don't spend your money trying to make it fund a crystal meth ring because you will get caught. Yes, this guy won $3 million in Brunswick, Georgia. And the lottery winner used uh, his $3 million to invest in his own business, which was a functioning crystal meth ring.
2: Wow, Walter White right and there. And he was
1: the lead yeah, crystal meth dealer.
2: Wait, what did he in, how did he invest 3 million dollars in well, it? it? Like what did he get for the 3 so million? This guy's
1: name is Ronnie Music Jr.
2: <laughs> his name's Ronnie Music?
1: Music. Ronnie Music Jr. I'm just going to call him Music. Uh, 45 years young. So, uh so it is said that Music won 3 million dollars from a Georgia lottery scratcher in 2015 and was arrested uh, when he and a group of accomplices were found with 11 pounds of crystal methamphetamine worth more than $500,000 that they were apparently trying to sell. Prosecutors say they also seized $600,000 cash, firearms, thousands of rounds of ammunition, and multiple multiple vehicles in the course of the investigation. So Music was funding the crystal meth drug ring by using his lottery winnings to purchase large amounts of meth, which then he and his accomplices planned to sell. So uh, Music decided to test his luck. The the cop who found him uh, decided to test his luck by sinking his millions of dollars of lottery winnings into the purchase and sale of crystal meth. As a result of his unsound investment strategy, Music now faces decades in prison, in federal prison, if not a life sentence. Wow. A life sentence.
2: Damn. Stay off the meth, kids.
1: Stay off the meth. Meth is bad, okay. All right, and I have one last quick story. It's been a long time since we've had a Walmart story. Oh, sure. Little little Wally World. I think this one is from Arizona, I'm thinking. Arizona. All right. A Walmart thief was able to get away with some stolen products after he escaped on an electric scooter. Nice. Yes, a female. uh, So, let's see. Oh, oh, I copied this wrong.
2: Uh-oh. Oh, Oh, what's happening? It was going so well. Is it falling apart right now? It's
1: falling apart. I was doing really good. Oh, boy. All right, well, oh, um, yeah, so people are on the look. I'm just going to make up the beginning. People are on the lookout for a thief after he was able to escape custody by running off in an electric scooter. Yes, uh, and viewing footage, video footage from the Walmart security cameras. It shows a female Walmart employee approaching a man as he attempts to dodge, let's see, dodge out of the store on a scooter before driving it into an employee and pinning her against the wall. Now, two customers helped the employee free herself um, between the wall and the scooter, but the man, uh, while they were distracted by trying to help her free her from the scooter, Uh he grabbed all of his things and ran to his car and drove the vehicle away, and they weren't able to catch him. Well, police were able to describe the man as a Caucasian male with brown hair and a mustache in his late 40s and was seen carrying crutches. So apparently he tried to romp this uh, same Walmart A month earlier, but didn't get away with it. Oh, man. So, there you go. And that, my friends, is your world of crazy. Crazy.
2: Sorry, I've got some ball talk coming up, but before I do that, I want to ask you a question. Okay. Have you ever been to Patagonia? The store? No. I'm talking about the magical wonderland in the Southern Hemisphere.
1: I, I didn't.
2: Argentina. Do you know where Patagonia is? No. Okay, Argentina.
1: Oh, I thought it's you were...
2: one of my places I've always wanted well, to go. You
1: said, when we said Patagonia. I thought you were talking about the, the.
2: No, it's not a store. No, it's an actual place. Oh, it's... I didn't know that. Yes, no, it's an actual. It's a... The store is named I love after how you a place. Take,
1: like everything that you know that. That you know that I'm not going to know. And uh-huh. Try to make fun of me.
2: Well, I just kind of guessed. I figured maybe you'd know. Uh, Patagonia is uh, in South America. That's where I want to go. There's not a whole lot of bugs there. That's part of the reason. It's like they're far more. Why are north. you
1: talking about Patagonia? Because
2: I've always wanted to go there. And the reason I'm bringing it up is uh, Next Adventure, our fine sponsor, okay. Next Adventure. I was
1: going to say, that was so random. Is, like, offering... are, is there something wrong? Are you having like, a, a stroke No, I'm there? making <laughs>
2: amazing sales pitches today. <laughs> okay. So, no, Patagonia, um, uh, Next Adventure is teaming up with this company called Vive SUP. And they're having a seminar in a couple of weeks that is going to explain how you can do an eight-day trip there and do a stand-up paddleboard thing through Patagonia.
1: That's that's what SUP stands for, by the way, stand-up paddleboard.
2: Yes. Yes, it is. Which I
1: didn't know because it just looks like SUP.
2: SUP. Uh, Yeah, but no, they're going to be having this. It's a free thing that you can go to um, Thursday, August 4th at 7 p.m. at Next Adventure at the Paddle Sports Center. And, yeah, it talks all about how you can go down there. Like, I would be awesome at that. I would be an awesome adventurer. I kind of want to become one of those guys that goes through like the jungle and like explores things. You'd never and, like, be able meets... to do that.
1: We've talked about that.
2: Yeah, but I think I would be pretty good at it because I would get like a cool hat. I would probably have to have a whip and like a machete in case I encounter anything.
1: You'd just die. And then from, like, I'd like make the friends lamest... with people. You'd die from like the lamest bug bite in the world.
2: <laughs> well, probably. Probably be like a <laughs> tiny little spider bite that would.
1: That I know would end exactly. Me. You'd have like all these like whips and machetes and yeah, and knives and things, and like you get stung by something and just. Yeah. Well down.
2: yeah, that's well, yeah, probably, but nonetheless, I still want to go there. So, Patagonia, uh, the next adventure, of course, nextadventure.net, fine sponsor, Fun Employment Radio, and the Next Adventure Paddle Sports Center is having this seminar. They've got all kinds of them, though, for all kinds of different adventures, or if you just want to learn the basics of camping, go to nextadventure.net and they will teach you. And then, of course, buy on there and go to the store, multiple stores that got
1: better toward the end, you yeah. did real good,
2: yeah. Mainly, I wanted to bring up Patagonia, and I, I know there's no other way that I'm going to be able to bring that up on the show, but it's on my list of where I want to go. It's
1: being pointed out that uh, by our friend Jez in the chat, and he says, uh, "I would be awesome at dot dot dot." Is the only thing Greg says more than "I live in Southeast Portland."
2: <laughs> I do. I live in Southeast Portland. In a, I own a house. No, but your
1: declaration that you would be awesome at whatever it
2: is. I'm awesome at living in Southeast Portland in a house okay. with in the converted okay. attic okay. with my Russian neighbors. Oh, I do have an update on the Russian neighbors. All right. Well, let's That'll be balls. another time. All right. I'm Greg Nibbler. Let's talk balls. balls. Okay. It's a, just a potpourri here, a little smattering of balls. Um, of note, to uh, any professional soccer players out there, you may want to avoid signing to play in Bosnia, at least for this team. It's Zelyeznikar. Nakar Yeah. We'll go with that. Or Zelyez... Zelyez Nassar Anyway It's a team In Bosnia And there was a Very big French player I'll sit here all day Waiting
1: for you to figure it out There's a very
2: big French player Or a Spanish player Uh Spanish soccer player Who signed With this team And it was uh, Considered to be a big deal Because Spanish players Normally don't sign With smaller Bosnian teams And this guy signed there However (laughs) He has not even played a game And is already Terminating his contract With the team Because Him and his wife Were out walking their dog Uh, outside of Sarajevo when they were attacked by a pack of wild dogs. Jesus. And at that point, uh, I guess they did get away. No word on whether his dog was okay. Uh, His wife insisted they leave the country immediately and terminate the contract. So he said he would do that. And so him and his family have already fled Bosnia because of the wild dogs. Wow. Yeah. So there we go. a word of warning.
1: I do want to go to Sarajevo. I love dogs. I would be scared of a pack of wild dogs.
2: I mean, I would love to go to Sarajevo, but yeah, a pack of wild dogs, that is kind of... That's kind of unnerving. Anyway, moving on to ball talk. Um, We'll go to this. We'll do some Olympics, and then we'll come back to a really cool story. Okay. So, here's what's happening. The newest thing with these doomed Olympics that are going to be happening in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. So right now... There is a big problem with the Olympic Village. So the Olympic Village is where all the athletes are supposed to stay. The country provides these where
1: all, like, quarters like from them. Super bang parties, right? Super
2: bang parties. They all get a whole bunch of condoms, and they have like bars and stuff. And yeah, it's just like a big, uh, it's a big eyes wide shut party. So they, they, anyway, they go there, and this is where they're supposed to stay, where the athletes are supposed to stay. They're given these quarters, like little apartments. However,
1: little
2: little bang rooms. Little <laughs> little bang rooms. However, it appears that. A number of the teams do not want to stay in these apartments because of several problems. The Australian team showed up uh, They were already down there to get settled in, and their Olympic committee deemed the rooms to be uninhabitable because when they arrived, they discovered water flowing down the walls when they would flush the toilets, a strong smell of gas. And exposed wiring, among other problems, in the rooms. And they deemed them uninhabitable for their team. Great Britain and New Zealand also found that the same, the same thing. And they have all gotten hotels outside of the Olympic Village mm. right now until possibly it can be fixed. The real Mer- mayor, in a perfect way to handle this issue... Responded to the Team Australia criticism By offering to, quote Put a kangaroo there to make them feel at home That was his response
1: Oh my god
2: So, doesn't sound like they're going to do much for it And that is what's going on Oh god,
1: this is going to be so awful
2: There, I still want to go I want to go to real I just want to see this chaos firsthand
1: Mm, mm-mm. Well, we know some people who are coming, so we'll just follow their adventures yeah, but at I a safe go. distance.
2: I w- I'm ready to go. Um, moving on to ball talk. NBC is now requesting something of the Olympic Committee for the opening ceremony. Like American broadcaster NBC is requesting that they change the order of the countries as they march through the stadium. You know, the normal opening ceremony where each team kind of marches along one after another, Mm -hmm. country by country. Well, the traditional way to do that is in alphabetical alphabetical order of the host country's alphabet, which would be Portuguese for Brazil, which would put the United States at Estados Unidos. So it'd be like kind of towards the beginning. Mm -hmm. NBC doesn't like that because they're worried viewers will tune out early, as soon as the U.S. goes by, so they want it to go by the by the English alphabet mm-hmm. and have, so it would put United States towards the end. So that way people would stay there and watch it. Oh. That is what they're trying to do.
1: So this is such a mess. It everything about mess. it is such a mess. It is just a giant mess. Well, I kind of, I, I do like watching all of the teams because all the different like uniforms and like flags that they're waving and everything. It's fun to watch that entrance.
2: That part's fun, but it's not even going to be live. NBC's not even broadcasting it live. Yeah. So there is that. And moving on to ball talk, Um, Oh, yeah, a bunch of Russian teams are banned and some of them are going to perform. But that's all we know. Oh, here's one other thing about the Olympics. though. So I do need to bring this up because this was breaking news. The U.S. Olympic Committee is also doing this. They have now said that they will go after any commercial. OK, here's their exact rote. Exactly what they wrote. Commercial entities may not post about the trials or games on their corporate social media accounts unless they are officially a sponsor of the Olympics. Hmm. So meaning on Twitter, they're trying to claim that nobody can use the hashtag Rio 2016 or hashtag Team USA unless they are an official sponsor of the Olympics.
1: Yeah, right.
2: And so that they're going to go after anybody that does it. You're, you're apparently not even allowed to retweet something from the official Olympic committee. Okay. They clearly do not understand Twitter and that they have just created a shitstorm for themselves in that everyone is going to be tweeting and retweeting their imagery, and there is no way in the world they can possibly ever go after anyone for this. It's not even enforceable. No. But that's what they're trying to do. They're demanding that people don't do it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So I'm just going to say it right here. Hashtag Rio 2016. Hashtag Team USA. U.S. Olympic. U.S. Olympics. Go Team Olympics. 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 (laughs) Olympics. Olympics. Moving on. All right. Finally in ball talk, we'll do this. I just had to bring this up because, you know, we haven't done ball talk for a little while. It's been several days. And in that time, a Northwest sports legend was officially inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame, and that is none other than Mr. Ken Griffey Jr.
1: Oh, yeah.
2: An American treasure, a hero of the Northwest. If you grew up in the Northwest, you grew up knowing Ken Griffey Jr. and how badass he was.
1: I even know that he was badass.
2: He was badass. So badass, he was even featured on a Kid Sensation song. So to honor Ken Griffey Jr. going Jr. going into the Hall of Fame, here is it. Here's a song called Uh The Way I Swing. With Kid's Sensation featuring Ken Griffey Jr. Is making his manner debut, Ken Griffey Jr. at the age of 19 and listen to the ovation. Comes
1: the wind and the pitcher on the way to junior and it's swung on at Belafit. He's the left field. Headed to the track, the wall. Yeah, way. Welcome to Seattle,
2: Ken Griffey Jr. My oh my, on the third pitch, going to him. i We, swing we Check are chicken out. And wide. Oh yeah, Jock the Jack. This jam, because it's no joke. Give me a minute, I'll make the mic smoke on fire. Rolling like Gator back tires. We
1: won't retire until you. Perspire not in in the Cherokee I didn't come alone this time. Is this Ken Griffey? No, it's coming
2: right now.
0: baseball
1: Okay.
2: Ken Griffey Jr. Right there. He wasn't bad. He wasn't bad. Is that... That's what you heard? I mean, comparatively. Okay. Kid sensation. Back home away from home and the black man's living with the Savior of Alright, um... There we go. Ken Griffey Jr. in the Hall of Fame. That concludes this edition of Ball Talk.
1: Alright. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. He still looks exactly the same, too.
2: Yeah. Yeah, he really does. He's awesome. So congrats I a bit of the to Ken Griffey
1: that was Jr. Cool.
2: All right, send us an email, funemploymentradio at gmail.com. Give us a call, 503-575-9120. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in to Fun Employment Radio. We really, really appreciate it. You are all awesome. Thank you to Reverend Nat for stopping by, part of the Fun Employment Radio Brewers Cup Cornhole Tournament. The championship is on September 18th, but we will have one more tournament before that that you can enter, and we'll be announcing that soon. It
1: will be in August.
2: If you happen to know Weird Al, please send him our way. He is here in Portland right now, and I would like to interview him.
1: More than anything in the world.
2: More, He's number two on my all-time list. Would love to interview Weird Al or just say hello to him. We will be seeing him tomorrow, though, at the concert. I
1: am so excited to see him.
2: So am I. We'll talk more about that tomorrow, um, which, oh, yeah, I'm so excited. It starts off the mm. Summer of Greg concerts. Concert oh, series. the
1: Summer of Greg series. Yep. The Summer of it's Greg a big concert series. series. It is yeah. a big
2: series this
1: year. Yeah, it sure is. This year.
2: So we'll be talking about that tomorrow. Coming up later today on the Fun Employment Radio Network, we'll be Geek in the
1: Sit-down. Geek in the City. Geek in the city.
2: Right here on the network. Um, all right, everyone. And then we'll
1: be back early tomorrow,
2: correct? Early tomorrow at mm-hmm. 11 a.m. Pacific time. Maybe Weird Al will be on here with us. Oh,
1: my God. That would be amazing. That would be that'd right. be so awesome.
2: <laughs> Maybe. You'll have to tune in to find out. All right. We'll be back tomorrow <laughs> with more Fun Employment Radio. Bye, <laughs> friends. Bye.
0: You're listening to the Fun Employment Radio Network.